she had pulled us aside and said, hey, you know, I want to be here. Thank you for believing in me. And she had said, this is where I made friends. You know, I didn't have other friends like I do here. It's really these powerful stories and moments of what does it mean to have somebody say, we want you here. We have a place for you here. It makes a difference. Makes a difference. Welcome to Miles for Change. I'm your host, Jen DeSalvo, coaching you through the empowering stories of people pushing their bodies to the limits to make a difference in the lives of others. In this episode, we will spend a few miles with the folks over at Girls on the Run Chicago and the Soulmates, the marathon training team supporting the mission. Girls on the Run is a program that empowers the next generation of women by using the power of running. Elementary and middle school age girls learn the physical and social emotional skills to help tackle the challenges they face growing up. So get ready, get set, let's go. These miles for change are for Okay, I'll start with an icebreaker. Okay. This is what we're gonna do. Okay. But this is a heavy icebreaker. Okay. So a third grader in our group. Mm-hmm. Um, a friend tells you someone came up to her and said, you know, you're nice, but you're fat. How do you comfort your friend? Um, I would say, well, first of all, no negative self-talk. Right. And um, body positivity, like all People are different and it's not really like, like nothing's bad. It's just not a very nice thing to say. And it's like, it's not acceptable (laughs) if you let me say that. But um, no, that's totally, yeah. (laughs) You know, make your boundaries, state your boundaries. That's a great boundary. It's not acceptable. Thank you for playing. We have a second one here. Mm-hmm. Running was and is still my best friend. Whenever I am running, I always feel better about myself. I feel more empowered. What do you think of that statement? What does it exude from that person? Like they might have running as like a healthy hobby mm-hmm. and um, they like it so much or they could have like best friends and like love running. Yeah. Like... It's either way, like really, like... Or maybe sometimes, yeah, like it's their way of escaping then too. Yeah. Things might be tough. Okay, I have a third one and then we'll be done with these. Um, If somebody tells you, you shouldn't talk about things that bother you because it will make other people sad. Well, um, so that is an interesting way to put it. Because it will probably make other people sad, but that doesn't mean you should not talk about it. Because, like, if you don't, that's just going to make you more sad than everybody mm-hmm. altogether. So, if you don't, that's horrible for your mental health. Okay, so I have a confession about these. Yeah. The first one, the third grader friend who said somebody came up to her and said, you're nice, but you're fat. Yeah. I had a, a classmate of mine in the third grade turned to me one day and said, Jill, you know, you're nice, but you're fat. That was said by the girls on the run executive director, Jill Ede, when she was in third grade. Somebody in her class came up to her and told her she was nice, but she's fat. Yeah. Oh. 
Hi, I'm Jill Ead. I'm the executive director for Girls on the Run Chicago. So I started running when I was in my early 20s. And before that, I like really thought myself that I wasn't athletic or I believed that I wasn't athletic because like so many girls, I think early on, the narrative for me was that I wasn't athletic, that I was, I had a, a classmate of mine in the third grade turned to me one day and said, Jill, you know, you're nice, but you're fat. And while that moment shouldn't have defined me, you know, I didn't have the resources or the tools to really create my own narrative and, and to really decide how did I want to move about in the, in the world. And so I stopped playing basketball at that point in my life. I was a, a basketball player. And I started to, to want to be anywhere else and, and everywhere else but my own body. And that really continued to be true until I was in my early 20s. And I was working for a nonprofit. And like so many folks who, who do work for nonprofits or also early career, didn't have the, the money to have, you know, go to the gym and, and get fit in those ways. Um, but, but around that same time, my uncle, who I'm very close to my family, needed a kidney donor. I needed a kidney transplant. And the world told me that I was the match, right? And so I decided that I would, I would do that. And that's how I started running. I, want, I knew I needed to get healthy to take this on, and so began my running journey um, in my early 20s, ran my first 5K, which was, I think, transformational. Uh -huh. uh, I still have the bib at my desk, um, <laughs> and, I, and I, I take that with me. And then I went on to run the Boston Marathon after I uh, donated my kidney less than a year later. Wow. And I really wanted to prove to myself that I could do big things, I could set big goals, and I could achieve them the experience that happened to you when you were in third grade, like how long did you play that in your head? Yeah. I mean, I still remember it. I could tell you the person's name, right? So it's yeah. a core memory for me, right? When I think about my childhood. And so that carried with me for years. And I sincerely believed it until I started running, that I wasn't athletic, that I wasn't able to do big things physically. That's what I think is really great about the program is that the girls don't look differently at the other ones that maybe aren't as fast. You can walk, you can skip as long as you keep moving. But also there's that whole lesson where everybody gets to kind of bond and connect. Tell me a little bit about the social emotional aspect of the program. We are research-based curriculum. And so when we think about the social emotional learning elements, it's really we're using the academic research on five C's plus one. And so it's things like caring and confidence and connection and character and community. And so we're really building lessons over the course of eight to 10 weeks for our girls. And so, you know, at the start of the season, girls are learning a little bit about what does it mean to be in relationship to themselves mm -hmm. and, you know, what, what makes them special and unique and how do they harness that the second part of the curriculum is really focused on how do they connect as a team and what makes their, their team really special and unique and how do they bring out the best in each other and work together. And then the last piece of the curriculum is really focused on the connection of the broader community. And so the program culminates in both a community service project that the girls identify a community need and they support their community in that way. And then also it culminates in a celebratory 5K event, um, which is pretty remarkable. And so over the course of those eight to 10 weeks, girls are learning things like negative self-talk, conflict resolution skills, um, things like intentional goal setting, um, things like setting healthy boundaries and establishing healthy relationships, which is so critical. And at the end of the program, they're really mentally, physically, and emotionally ready to take on the celebratory 5K event. So it, it's so powerful to see 
um, to see all that they learn culminating in, in such an important moment and milestone for them. So we have two different programs, third through fifth grade, that's called Girls on the Run, and then sixth through eighth grade, that's called Heart and Soul. And they're really, our curriculum is research-based. And so we are, we've got long history and, and support in how we teach our girls. And each of those curriculums are really focused on um, the developmental milestones that are appropriate for, for those ages. Angelica Cabrera is a grown-up girl on the run. She works for the organization now. She's the one in charge of their charity marathon team. She was in the seventh grade when she joined the program. Before that, she said she didn't consider herself athletic. And very much was boxing myself. I was like, I'm the studious one. I get good grades. That's who I am. That's my personality. I'm not an athletic person. I don't look athletic. You know, I'm larger than everyone in my classroom. That's not in my wheelhouse. But she joined Girls on the Run partly because all her friends were doing it. That way, she could get some time hanging out with them after school. And then I realized that I enjoyed running. And that's, I think, part of the program is it's not like a space where the goal is to be the fastest. I think it's just to, like, realize how you feel as you do it. And how did it feel? It just created it a sport that felt like a safe place for me. Do you recall lessons that helped you with that confidence, like when you went into high school and even today? Through that, I think there are many lessons that I've kept, but I think the immediate thing that I saw was I was like, I'm good at this. Like, I'm running well. Like, I'm doing it. And then I was like, I've been interested in the basketball team. There's tryouts. And I was like, okay, I can run. So why don't I try out? I make the basketball team. So I think it built this confidence in terms of what I was able to do. I no longer boxed myself in into what I felt was limiting and, you know, created a lifelong love for running. I did cross country in high school. I did rowing in high school. I did intramural sports in college. Running is still a a daily part of my life. And I think to what Jill said, that could have been something that if I hadn't developed in that age, I think I would have kept that mindset for a really long time of what I wasn't capable of based just on what I felt like I presented to the world or looked like and what that meant. So just in terms of that, in terms of my abilities, I think that was an immediate change. And then also language to things that I catch even now, like negative and positive self-talk. Like those are things that I've had language to understand what I was doing in high school, in college. So, so many things, so many places where I felt like I could input a lot of what I was learning in the program. I think the founding story of Girls on the Run Chicago is so girls on the run, right? So the organization was founded by six women who read about girls on the run in runner's world. And some had known each other, some hadn't, but got connected through the national uh, office that there's this group of women who wanted to bring the organization to life here in Chicago. So, of course, I called up my friend, the Marathon Whisperer. She can tell you more of the story because guess what? I was one of the co-founders of the Chicago chapter. And even though I have a sweatshirt on right now while we're talking, I have chills because... It has a special place in my heart and always will. And how it came to be, at least the Chicago chapter, my girlfriends and I, we were on a run on the Chicago lakefront and we had just read the article in Runner's World about Molly Barker starting this program that was targeted at girls in third through fifth grade because that's when young girls are most impressionable. So it started with 83 girls in two schools. And, you know, now since we've been founded, we've served over 100,000 girls across Chicagoland. So 
from 83 to 100,000 girls is incredible. And it's not just, you know, introducing them to running in a non-competitive way. It's also like our running group. It's connecting them to other girls that may not live in the same neighborhood, that may not be at the same academic level. I started running in the fourth grade because it was the only sport that accepted me. Because, you know, you just put your shoes on and move forward. And then I ran in high school, track and cross country, but I don't even know what times I had. What were some of the changes that you saw about yourself at a young age like that by picking up running? Yeah, you know, um, it was and still is my best friend. It just, um, whenever I was running, I just always felt better about myself. I felt more empowered. Um and it also gave me time and my thoughts. And because, because it made me feel better when I was doing it, I think it helped change some of how I felt about myself at the time. Um, and again, like I did, um, I did running, I did track in the summer at the park district and I, I was last, I was in the back. But when I wasn't competing against others and just running on my own, I just always felt better about myself. I do want to focus on like the, the whole girls on the run thing. Since you did get started at that pivotal age that the girls on the run program focuses on. Um, tell me a little bit about how you came to see it, uh, find it, why you thought it was important for it to be something that was here in Chicago. My friends and I, the other co-founders, um, we were we were in our late 20s, early 30s, and we had just talked about, you know, how much running had um, had changed us, empowered us, how it brought girls all together, women all together. And we also one of the girls had mentioned that her younger sister was in like third or fourth grade talking about how fat she was. And I definitely could relate to that. I never was X enough. And I thought I was fat because I didn't look like the Barbie doll or the girls on the cover of magazines. And um, we just, we just knew that what running had given to us as young women, I discovered it in fourth grade and have been running ever since that if we could, um, we could put that in young girls at an early age and also introduce it to them in a non-competitive way. You know, maybe they wouldn't have, they wouldn't hit as many um, bumps, wouldn't have as, as rough of a go, you know, as they got older. And the running wasn't, is still my best friend? It was and still is my best friend. It just, um, whenever I was running... I just always felt better about myself. I felt more empowered. Um, now that is from Coach Denise Sariel. Mm -hmm. She is one of the founders of Girls on the Run Chicago. Ooh. She is now a marathon coach and a Girls on the Run coach. Mm -hmm. And she helps empower all types of females and males now too who run the marathon. Mm -hmm. um, and this weekend she just ran her 135th marathon. Ooh. By the time this airs, she's probably going to be like five more in. <laughs> and then the, you shouldn't talk about things that bother you because it'll make others sad. I used to get told that by family members when I was a kid. <gasps> yeah, because we didn't want to make other family members sad. So it was a lot of bottling stuff up. Ooh. So that's a way for you to know me a little bit better. That's kind of my motivation behind wanting to be with Girls on the Run, because these three things here, um, if those are happening to like our friends in the group, some of the girls that are our teammates, I want to make sure that they know that they have value and 
that, you know, they're strong and beautiful and powerful. Mm-hmm. So thank you for playing. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, when you originally thought about getting into Girls on the Run, what was your perception of it? I thought I would like to meet like other girls in my grade and get to know them better and being able to have more like power in the things I do and being able to like run while still having fun. We're kind of talking about expectations here. And on day one, yeah. you guys walked in and you had to like set the expectations yeah. with all of the other teammates. Like what were some of the things that you guys came up with that you expected out of each other and out of the whole program? Just to have fun kind of and like help each other when someone is like struggling and doing something. Some people said like fitness, kindness, respectable. I think those were some key ones. Just making sure that everyone was like being kind like you obviously should be. Mm-hmm. Um, but just building more like mindset in that you can do more things than you think you can. That's pretty cool. What is hard for you at your age? Like out of anything that you have to do in your life, what do you feel like some of the hard things are that you have to face on a daily basis? Time management. I can't um, like... I'm getting to be in like fifth grade and like middle school. So I'm going to have to do a lot more homework Mm. than I have this year. So and I have commitments like Monday through Thursday and then a two hour commitment on Saturday. So it's a lot. But then I can still manage my stuff. Sometimes like I only do stuff for like 15 minutes. Other times and then I have to make that up the next day. Ah. So time management is a rough thing for me. <laughs> so what are some things that you do like for self-care? Um, so I make sure that like when I commit to something, I want to do it as well. And I think it would be like a good resource for me like in the future and like for my physical health and health and everything. So um, I've committed to dance, Girls on the Run, and drawing class and um those are all things that could help me in the future and um like my mental health and everything Mm -hmm. and then I can connect with other people so I think it's just a great way to like um get to know other people again and um like work on my skills now when we first started I was telling you that I thought you were super confident and like I want to be like, oh, it's all due to Girls on the Run because, of course, I'm your coach. Um, But I've known you for several years now. And I remember like the first time I saw you playing with Jacob, my next door neighbor. And I remember you still being that confident and people seeing you as a leader. Where do you think that you draw that from? How how do you dig deep and and feel that on a daily basis? I like um, helping other people. Um, like reach their goal and um, reach my goal at the same time so like I like to like cheer them on and help them I like to um, like the more people I know kind of the more people I can like help and get to spend time with kind of so I totally get that though because like the more people that you can out there being of service to like the more um, I don't know like you fill your social cup more and more (laughs) yeah (laughs) With like positivity and happiness. So what have been some of your favorite lessons? 
Um, I like the one about, like, inner beauty and the one where, like, other people could, like, describe you and, like, list, like, one positive thing that they like about you. Mm-hmm. I actually have that card still <laughs> because I like it, but I like the inner beauty one because, like, with with um, negative self-talk, you don't really get anywhere. Mm-hmm. You just stay in one mindset and then you're always, like... I can't do this, mm-hmm. and then you don't get anywhere. First of all, it's most likely not true, probably. And um, second, it's just like not very good for your mental health, and it's just a bad spot to put yourself in. Mm-hmm. The negative self-talk things that you say in your head. Think of your best friend right now, your best friend in the world. Um, now, if all of a sudden they were saying that to you, would they <laughs> still be your best friend? Right? I would probably like <laughs> I would probably think about it and like um reach out to my parents if it got that bad but like it's that's a hard decision. <laughs> I don't know. Isn't that crazy though, to think about like sometimes yeah. we're so hard on ourselves but we would like never let anybody else be that way. But first you talked about the card that you still have. What was the yeah. card about? Explain that to me. Um so during our lesson we wrote our names on the front and then um, of the card and then we did laps and then each lap you would think about you would get a different card and each lap you would think about how to describe that person if you didn't know that person very well you would like go run a lap with them Mm -hmm. and then at the end you would take a pen and you would write like one positive word to describe them like a couple that I got was um, smart um, amazing and like dependable. Yes. Um, and I I really like that because like um the ones that I got um I knew like it made me feel like very good inside. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I wrote um dependable on the kid that I met, and she's like the best. <laughs> um, and one of my friends wrote amazing every day because you'll always be my Irish dancing bestie. Uh-huh. And she's on a different dancing school than me. Really? Yeah. And like we compete against each other at competitions and everything, but like we're still like the best of friends. How did that make you feel? It made me feel like pretty like awesome inside because um I knew that she still was friends with me even though we like compete like a lot. <laughs> In Irish dance, but um, yeah, it was it felt pretty good. How neat! So then, um, with that card, where do you keep it, and how often do you look at it? I keep it on my dresser, and I pretty much look at it like pretty much at like every day, because like the dresser is like my number one spot in the morning, so I can see it like all the time. I'm not gonna lie, because. A couple of us coaches made them and you guys put stuff on there and I put mine on my refrigerator at home <laughs> because it just makes you feel so good to like know somebody else thinks of you a way that you might not think yeah. of yourself. Dependable. Who's called you dependable before that? Have you ever heard that about yourself? Nope. <laughs> how, how do you prove that you're dependable? What do you think that you do? Why do you think that person wrote that there? Uh, probably because like I keep secrets well unless I think that someone else needs to know about them. Like, if someone's getting, like, hurt mentally, mm-hmm. kind of, like someone's bullying them, I tell the teacher. What do you like about yourself? 
Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. See, <laughs> but it's okay. You can step outside and pretend like you're looking at Lou. You don't have to worry about being humble. Like, what do you like about Lou? Um, I like that I can like stand up for myself and my friends. Yeah. And and when I need to tell someone something, I can instead of just like saying oh, I can tell them later. Yeah. And then I also like that I like to be a leader. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Um, <laughs> but like, I'm so scared that like I'm gonna be like super super bossy. Um, <laughs> super super bossy. Um, I like that I can like help other people. Um, hopefully, mm-hmm. um, with like stuff that they need help on, or if we're like working in a group project. So you're a leader, yep. yet you're a collaborator, and you are aware that a leader can be bossy. So you try to be very self-conscious, well, self-aware. That self-aware. is, yeah. not to be bossy. But like I'm self-conscious that I am bossy. So. Yeah, a little of that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Discipline. Discipline. Yeah. How has running helped you with? discipline it can help because like i can like get to know more people talk about like different things instead of like the same exact thing and like if someone's like gossiping or something mm-hmm. i can say like let's talk about someone else something else <laughs> let's not, talk not, about not someone, someone. <laughs> not someone um something else <laughs> something else <laughs> that was good though that was cute <laughs> let's talk about something else yes yes um you talk about something else and you get to know like that person better besides just like the gossiping side if they have one. Yeah. If they if, if they, they have, have one. one. If they have one. Um Well, but that being said, I'm sure that everybody does. Yeah, probably. So like now I like own up to my stuff. Mm-hmm. But um But that's good. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Yeah, so like if anybody is like at least not owning up to it in their minds Mm -hmm. they could try to do that like if someone says something mean to you Mm -hmm. you can say what was your intent with that Mm -hmm. that person will take like a double take and think like well what was my intent with that was i trying to make myself feel better Mm -hmm. you feel better or you just feel like a pile of trash Mm -hmm. or like me just like feeling more power so like and how are they going to respond to that? Mm-hmm. Run away or say, you know what? I can I can do better. Mm-hmm. Either way, you'll have your answer. Girls on the Run to me is just an organization that, yes, it involves running, but it's so much more than that. I, I tell the girls who are coming in, please don't join this group and say, oh my gosh, I have to run or I've never run before. Running is second. What we're focusing on it more is much more of who you are and building you up as a person. Yes, we're going to run. Yes, we're going to get you there. But we're going to focus on these other things. Hi, my name is Grant Kane. Um, I love to run and I run for many reasons, but really overall for health and for happiness. The reason I went to Girls on the Run is I'm actually a head coach here in Maryland for their elementary school program as well as their middle school program for two schools. And then I'm actually their summer camp director as well for Frederick and Washington County here in Maryland. Grant is a teacher too. He's been a middle school teacher up until now, but he's shaking things up and moving into a role as an elementary school teacher. 
for me who has really seen some students in the school and in life not really have a group that they can go to and make connections and build themselves up strong independent people this organization has just astound astounded me like it's so amazing um, that some of these girls come in who have, who don't have any of these connections in their life with other friends or girls their own age. And then by the end of the season, I see them hanging out with them, walking to school with the girls on our team and even sitting with them at lunch. So this organization that just builds those girls up as strong, independent, relationship-building girls is just phenomenal. It's a phenomenal program. Tell me a little bit about the difference between the elementary and the middle school. <laughs> um, the elementary school girls are definitely more, I'm into this. I want to do all of these activities. Um, I want to joke around, have fun. My middle school girls usually have a little bit more of a, let's do the fun activities. I'm not really wanting to sit down and talk. I want to get up and do things. And they also... Um, have a little bit more of a, I want to gravitate towards the girls who are in my own grade, whereas the elementary school girls do kind of connect with the whole team. Now, I never let those girls just say, nope, this is the group I'm hanging out with. I always try to build them with the entire team. Um, run one lap with your friend, then try to run another lap with another girl, try to connect with them and things like that. But I think the biggest thing from the elementary school to the middle school level is just the energy. Um, the energy kind of goes down a little bit um, as they go go older. Um, so the energy awards and rewards, things like that kind of are like, yeah, we'll do them, but they're not like jumping up and down, dancing, things like that. I think it's an opportunity for them to just sit down in a group that is their group and truly just connect with other people, especially the girls that aren't in their grade level. The younger kids, like Lucy's age, they have a ton of energy, especially the third graders coming in. They're so little and cute, and as they grow, they're a little less, well, silly, as we call it in our group. The girls on the middle school program, a lot of them, the first thing I noticed that they come in with to the classroom that they didn't have prior to the girls on the run is how to advocate for their for themselves and also build connections with the, the students that they're interacting with even if they're not those people they might gravitate towards. It is the same as Girls on the Run but at Heart and Soul we focus on teaming up with our teammates and encouraging each other and just focusing on our well-being even if it's like mentality or being physical it's just making sure that we're focusing in on just being a better person and just focusing on our heart and soul. My name is Itzel Rivera. I'm 13 and I'm in seventh grade. She says at her school, they practice with the younger third through fifth graders who are part of Girls on the Run and that they are, like Grant and I attest to, pretty playful. And going through that program when she was younger and now heart and soul has really given her a lot of confidence in her everyday life. I am in a small school and I'm really confident wherever I go because I know that all my friends are there. And so just like knowing everything that Girls on the Run has taught me about taking care of my body and taking care of my mentality that like 
it really doesn't matter what other people think because I'm learning how to be strong and being being independent. So just having like that whole community everywhere and seeing just like every day encourages me to be myself and just be more confident. And advocating for yourself, that is such a big deal. Something I try to build into all of my students, especially at the middle school level, where you're going to start having grades and papers and things like that, that you might see differently than your teacher and they might give you a grade and you're not sure if that's truly what you deserve or if that's really what you don't think you may have earned. And it's a great opportunity for you to take that time and advocate for yourself. Hey, can you explain to me why I got this grade? To me, I felt like I did X, Y, Z. And if that conversation does nothing else but show that you're advocating for yourself and wanting to learn and do better next time. Being able to speak up for yourself, that's something that can be pretty hard. I asked Itzel how she deals with conflict since the time spent in sixth through eighth grades can be a difficult stage. I wouldn't say like a difficult stage, but more like an awkward stage where everyone's changing. So just like making sure that you're being there, but not forcing yourself too much on them is something that is really helpful. So I just like to keep an open mind because I know that there's many opinions out there and that like if I force my opinion on someone, it'll just create more conflict, which is something that Girls on the Run does not like to create. And knowing that I'm part of that community, I want to make sure that I'm just keeping an open mind. So what do you want to do with your future? You know, where do you see yourself going? I know that if I focus on myself, everything good is going to happen. And so then focusing on myself will just like lead me to the right choice in my life. And so that's just what I want to focus on, just like making sure that the steps that I do right now are going to help me get a better future, but not always focusing on the future. So just like having an open mind and know just like having fun where I am right now, but also keeping in mind that I have a future that I really want to achieve. One of the many options Itzel is considering when she grows up is journalism. So it was her turn to ask the questions. Do you have any questions for me? Like, what got you into just, like, being a coach to these girls? With the coach thing, oh, I became an adult, and I had no idea what I was doing. No idea. And I saw everybody else who was, like, 22, coming out of college, knowing exactly what they were doing, how to manage their finances, how to even just socialize. And I realized that there was a lot of things that I had missed out when I was younger. And as I grew up, I started thinking like, I want to make sure that no other little girl is in that same position when they grow up. You know, if they have to face problems or confidence issues as teenagers, when they become young adults, I want them to know and be confident and ready for life. You know, a lot of times... I walk into schools as a coach and all these girls, they got together, you know, their families, dad sitting in the back while they're on an interview. That was a nod to Itzel's dad, who was sitting behind her the entire time we had our conversation. They're just super loving, connected families and, you know, they're on the right track. And then sometimes there's a girl who just doesn't feel like she fits in with her family, like that she's the oddball out of all of her brothers and sisters. And she can take something that I'm able to help her with 
and feel safe and comfortable and learn and understand that things are going to be okay. And that's really nice and rewarding. And I'm happy that, you know, we're able to be there. Plus, you know, sometimes, you know, when you get into fifth grade, when you're like 10 or 11, uh, the girls don't want to listen to their parents at all anymore. And their parents are not cool. So their parents would be like, hey, can you help? Yep. Because that outsider is always the cool one then for, you know, a short period of time there. So that's why I got into doing this. And it's super rewarding. Recently, Dr. Maureen Weiss of the University of Minnesota did an independent study on the Girls on the Run program, which was able to present the organization's impact with some quantifiable results. It looked at the Goder's combination of intentional life skills, curriculum, and volunteer-based trained team of coaches. The findings? Girls on the Run helped girls increase their self-confidence, develop healthy relationships, and feel good about themselves. The vast majority said that they were able to manage their emotions, said they were able to resolve conflicts, and agree they had learned intentional decision-making. Plus, they said that they help others. In total, 97% of girls said they learned critical life skills at Girls on the Run that they were using at home, at school, and with their friends. Overall, the study showed that participating in Girls on the Run transformed girls' lives by helping them increase their self-competence develop healthy relationships, and feel good about themselves. The marathon team. So this is adults. It's different. They're not in the program. But what they're doing out there is that they're supporting the program. So can you speak a little bit to uh, Soulmates, the Soulmates team? So our soulmates hold a very, very special place in our hearts. I mean, these are a group of people and it's global. We have people from all around the world, all collectively reaching a really large goal. Like running 26.2 miles is no joke. It's a huge milestone. But while they do that, they're also incorporating this element of raising funds for a cause that they care about. For our soulmates, that's what we call our charity athletes. That's Girls on the Run Chicago. And these fundraisers, marathon runners, they tick so many boxes in the way that they make our mission possible. They're also volunteers or parents to girls in the program. They're donors themselves. Right now we even have them engaging in terms of like even as educators, like we have a soulmates fundraising workshop today and we have some soulmates who, some of them first time fundraisers who have seen a lot of success and now they're like, we're going to share some strategies. So they're going to be leading some of that conversation and helping other people on the team really reach their goals. So in terms of the levels of impact that they have within the organization, it's layered and ginormous and they really move our mission forward. And the other piece about our soulmates too is is their role models, right? You know, they, they show that it is... 26.2 miles to what Angelica shared. That's a lot of, that's a lot of, uh, that's a distance. And so being able to show what does it mean to set a goal and to achieve it. And I think the other piece about the program is that most of our runners are first time marathoners or oftentimes they are. And I think that's pretty unique to us. Like we create a safe place for first time runners to learn how to run races with us and how to run marathons with us, which is pretty unique. Um, and, and I think really special and, and, and is a testament to, to the team that supports the work. What does it mean to um, like the bottom line of the organization? How influential are these adults every single year and what they're bringing into the group? So in terms of from like an economic standpoint, they bring in around 30% of our revenue. So it's huge what they do. So really we would... We wouldn't be able to do what we do without our soulmates. And then on the philanthropic piece, they add 
advocate for who we are. They share our mission. They are ambassadors to our program. And I think those, you know, fundraising and advocacy go hand in hand in terms of how we grow, how we continue to do what we do. A lot of the people who are soulmates, a lot of them are directly impacted by the program, be it they're an alumni of the program, their parents to girls in the program, their siblings, like we just had someone join the team because they're like, he's a man, but when he was a kid, he would join in on his sister's 5Ks. Mm -hmm. And he's like, that's how I started running. I would go to these 5Ks and now, you know, I'm running marathons. I think he's a five-time marathon runner. And it really started with this experience. But we also have people who haven't done the program or don't know much about it when they join the team, but they're like, I wish that I had this when I was that age. So in terms of like why people gravitate towards the mission, I think there are so many ways that bring people in along with that running component. A lot of the team is also like running has changed my life. And they are excited to learn that girls are building a a positive relationship with running early on. I coach more adults on the run because I help people do their first 5K all the way to their first 100 miler. But I do coach the Chicago Marathon Girls on the Run Soulmates and the Boston Marathon Girls on the Run Soulmates. And what I, you know, whenever we have a kickoff for the season with um, the Soulmates, I always just talk about, you know, think about, Think about what running has gifted to you personally, like how it makes you feel, who it's brought into your world, the places you can see. It's like you are giving this back to these young girls and not, um, you know, most of us have gym teachers that once a year, they made us run really fast in the one mile time trial. So that was our introduction to running. Um So that's what I uh, try and um, get across to my soulmate runners and that exactly what you're getting gifted from running, these young girls are getting at a very young age and it's going to be there for them throughout their whole life. And especially the first time soulmates, I, um, you know, a lot of them are rightfully skited, scared and excited. That's one of my many Denise-isms. you know, to run 26.2 miles is like, is like an Everest. Well, if, if they think about the 5k for these young girls, they're kind of paralleling their training season. The young girls are going through this, you know, they may have the same self-doubt about doing a 5k, but the program um, conditions their body and their mind for it, just like my training conditions them for the finish line on October 9th. I've been a volunteer my entire life. I actually did a uh, three, four times the amount of service learning hours in high school that was required for graduation. Um, I have been a volunteer my entire life. So I said, sure. And I said, on a hunch, I know there's a soulmate program here in Maryland. I wonder if there's a soulmate running program for girls on the run in Chicago. And sure enough, it was one of the charity partnerships that they had. So I said, done right there. Grant's running Chicago this year. It'll be his fifth marathon. The other four have been Marine Corps. He's one of the girls on the run Chicago soulmates, and he's fast. He's trying to use this to qualify for Boston, which for his age group is under three hours. So you are participating in the Chicago Marathon this year. Is this your first time? Or? This is my first Chicago Marathon, yes. Um, it will be number five overall. Nice. Which, which ones have you uh, there are, the All of them have been the Marine Corps Marathon in Arlington, D.C., Virginia. 
Oh, man. See, those of us who live over here in Chicago, we like always strive to try and get there. <laughs> what made you want to come and do the Chicago Marathon? So actually, when I started to run, it was because of my friend who's actually running the Chicago this year as well. Um, he's an avid runner and his um, wife and youngest daughter uh, started running as well. And they invited me to a 5K. And I said, oh, that sounds pretty fun. I, it's a lot of miles. Uh, three three <laughs> miles is a lot of miles for me back then. And they said, you're more than welcome to join us. So he actually got me really into running and everything like that. And it was something that I had never really tried in the past. But as soon as I started training and running, I just I'm like, oh, my God, my overall health and happiness and everything like that. It was just something I really connected with. And that was five, six years ago. And like I said, this is now Chicago is going to be my fifth marathon overall. And I'm, I don't see an end in sight. I'm hopefully going to continue to run marathons. Besides being a teacher and coaching four days each week between girls on the run and heart and soul grants training for marathons, which also takes up a huge chunk of the day, but I guess he's fast, so it's quite a smaller chunk than a lot of us charity runners. He's coached over 200 future female leaders in the past 11 years. And although he credits the efforts to his co-coaches, what is it exactly that is motivating Grant to continue doing so much good? It kind of goes into why I became a teacher as well. Um, I have to give props for props are due. My mom has retired after 38 years of teaching. Um, I've known my entire life that I wanted to be a teacher, just seeing her do her thing in the classroom and just hearing how she's impacted the students in a positive way. I want to give them a place that they can come to. It's just a safe place for them to be themselves, no matter what type of day they've had, no matter what their background is, no matter what. When they come to me, either in the classroom, on the team, it is a place they can just be themselves without fear of being judged, without a fear of being told you can't do that. So when I see some of these girls, um, and I'm thinking of a couple in my mind right now, who are just quiet, shy, don't really have connections built throughout their day, either with students at the school or people in their life, it just, it's a driving motivator for me to give them this space and this energy for them to come out and be themselves. So when those girls come in and I see a smile on their face or they leave smiling, talking, laughing, I've done my job. That if, if we don't get to the journal for the day, or if we don't get to do every single piece of that lesson for that day, but they leave with a smile on their face and had a good time, we've accomplished our mission. And Girls on the Run can come in many different versions. My version has historically been with purple curly hair and a pink skirt wearing flowers and sparkles and shouting things like... it's just joyful right yeah. because at the end of the day we welcome you know girls and, and this is a safe place for for all girls right and for folks that you know might not love pink and glitter right like it's a it's a place for 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 everybody and i think that's the important thing that we create that safe environment um for girls to feel at home and to feel to feel whole with us you know we're all here to see what our mind and body can do and you just can't turn off challenging yourself when you give your best that is enough 
That's a wrap for this episode of Miles for Change. A huge thank you to Jill Eade and Angelica Cabrera. Believe it or not, they were the very first people we sat down to talk to when launching this project. So also, thank you for being patient with me at the Girls on the Run office. Also, a shout out to the Marathon Whisperer running coach, Denise Soriel. She is the owner of Run for Change. Anytime someone asks me to coach them, I send them her way because if you want to run your best, you should be coached by the best. But she also swears on mile speed repeats, so that's just a fair warning. And head to Amazon.com to get her books, Me, You, and 26.2, and her newest book, Seen on the Course, that has inspirational signs. You can get some ideas to cheer on all of your friends running marathons. It was a pleasure to meet coach and runner Grant Kane. Enjoy Chicago when you're here. And thank you to Maureen Weiss of UMN for letting me share the findings of her research. Last but not least, of course, heart and soul runner, girl on the run grad, it's Sol Rivera, and current girl on the run, Lucy Stanley. If you want to hear more from them, become a girls on the run coach. They'll change your life while logging miles. Hey, miles for change. I knew I called it that for a reason. Also, thanks to producers Keith Conrad and Tony Lozano, music composer Meg Mills, and thank you for listening. Remember to like and share. And also, no negative self-talk and body positivity. All people are different. What happens when you see that girl in the corner with the hoodie up? You talk to her. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you.